Welcome to Teachings in the Air. air, air. podcast with Jerry Oldman, coming to you from Hunkameenam Territory with a podcast series about Indigenous men's health and wellness. We aim to inspire, motivate, and empower Indigenous men to be sound in mind, body, and spirit, because that's what health means. Kasiyam, Haich Kasiyam, Uchul Milcha, Hankaminam Siyam, Asiyam, Kirkstumuch Kalup and Snook Nooka, FNHA, and the in Squadish Patsy. Kirkstum Kalup and Snooknokwa Kikia. I'd just like to acknowledge the ones that have been here from the beginning that speak the Hunkaminam language, the Coast Salish people, beautiful people. generous, all of those values that you've seen on the screen comes from them. And I also gave a thanks to First Nations Health Authority for calling me here. I was sitting waiting and I was remembering my first encounter with them people that provide services in our communities, and it was um, medical services branch. And their main office was in Ottawa. And I started to meet nurses there, and people that work for our people. And they didn't work for our people, they worked with our people. So now I come here today and I see you, and I thanked you as I said Kikia, which is mother in my language. Because in my experience, my first nurse was my mother. She nursed me and she also healed me when I have hurts. I was thinking of uh, the very first community nurse I met. And her name was Rose Casper. And she's from my community. And she had a, a real connection with the people because she spoke the language. I remember she was telling me her first tour in one of our communities 
to do, introduce herself to the homes. She had to do it on horseback. And this picture of a nurse riding horseback, you know, to visit households, to me it represents connection at the highest level. So I just want to thank you, the ones that come across the water from the island, the ones that come down from the northwest coast, the ones that come down the river from the Fraser Valley, and the ones that come from the plateau. It's so good to see you and to know of the service that you provide, because that's what care is about provide a service for someone that's hurting and suffering. That's what you do. So I thank you for that. Perhaps some of you have helped my relatives, if not definitely my friends' relatives. So I just thank you for answering the call. to make a commitment to help those that are suffering. It's an honorable profession, and I thank you for that. So I come here today to talk about connecting through language, ceremony, and music. Language, we know that words are powerful, that words can heal, help you heal, that words can destroy a person's peace of mind. And we know the value of ceremony, which are spiritual or public events. People go for nourishment for their spirit. And music, that music is, is healing. So I'm going to start off my presentation after my little introduction there with some music. And there's a song that comes from the hummingbird. And it's, I call it Healing the Nations. So first off, I'd like to invite you to take a deep breath. Let it go. Take another deep breath. Let it go. This time when you take a deep breath and you let it go, I invite you to leave your families and friends at home for the time that you're here so you can absorb the teachings that are going to be laid at your feet. Take a deep breath. Let it go. Okay, in my song, when you hear the word Tamiuch, it's in reference to the planet Earth, the one that holds all our gifts, our food, our medicine, our clothing, our shelter, oxygen, everything comes from the planet Earth. And then when you hear Nchnuknukwa, you think of your friends and relatives that helped you in your life. Now think of the ones that carried me when I was a baby. 
I give thanksgiving for them. Because they carried me, I can be here today. So that I invite you when you hear the word to me, you think of a beautiful spot on the earth that's helped you. And when I say in Shipnukwa, you think of a friend or a relative that stood by you when you needed them. mics, I can walk around. <laughs> Didn't want to hear you, want you to hear me gulping, but <laughs> you're like a bit dehydrated there. You know, language, you know, we've all felt those moments and we'd hear something and tears would come to our eyes. 
someone saying, I love you. You know how much you mean to me. Um, one of my granddaughters, I was telling stories and I went home to my granddaughters and the reserve, it's all granddaughters I have. My grandson lives in Kamloops, so I'm back to my reserve and telling my granddaughters stories. And, uh, the youngest one, is, the second youngest one is standing there watching me and I'm telling stories. And she go, uh-huh, when I take a break. And every time I took a break in my talking, she'd go, look at me, uh-huh. <laughs> and she reflected uh, indigenous people as noisy listeners. Because in communication, it's about talking and listening. And indigenous people were noisy listeners. The Crees, when I talk to Crees and I'm talking to them, they go, aha, aha. You know, and or you go to the coast on Vancouver Island on the west coast and going, ha, ha. And my grandmother and her, her, her cohort, I'd be speaking to them, you know, and they go, oh, Appa, oh, Tzilaka. You know, young feller, you're right. You know, so they're noisy listeners. And it was a good way because you know they are connected. Because when you're speaking to people, the important thing is to connect. I, I, I travel a lot and I see a lot of people disconnected because they're on their phones or their tablets. They're not connected. They're connected with somebody a thousand miles away or however far with simple little statements. But when we're face to face, the opportunity to connect is there. I know as a nurse you can do a job. You can do your job. You can apply a bandage. You can talk about medication. You, can, you do all of these. I come here today to encourage you to connect with, with your people you're working with at another level. And that is through language. Wherever I go, I, if I go to, a, they call me to community, I ask them, how do you greet each other in your language? I support St. James. Hadi. You know, so I start to say hadi to people. And they start talking to me in carrier, and I'll say, it's, sorry, it's all I know is hadi. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I encourage you wherever you work, because now you work, all of you, for indigenous organization. That's your boss, or the indigenous people. So you start to learn a few of their words, even if it's just greetings or thank you. Where I'm from, we say, or we see each other, oh, how are you doing? This is, I believe this is critical that we start to make the few people feel comfortable.
the indigenous people, my people. You know, language today, many indigenous languages are losing strength. And there's valid reasons for that. I remember I, when I was a young man, I, I resented my, my parents because they refused to teach us the language. That's not a good feeling growing up presenting your parents. You know, because I listened to some of my cousins in Lilwat, Moncury, my age, stand up. And they're talking the language. And they say, why can't I do that? So 1993, some beautiful Seal people, Okanagan people, were making a video about residential school. And they asked me to be part of it because I'm a survivor of a Kamloops Indian residential school. So after we finished recording, I went home and I told my mom what I was up to, my late mother. And she says, oh yeah, I remember St. Mary's. In 1993, that's the first time she talked to me about her experience. And part of that story, she said, was my dad and mom didn't want to let me go. And my dad said, no, you're not taking Martina. So the next day, the, the priest showed up with the RCMP. And they took my grandpa, and they took my mom and her brother. And my mom and her brother ended up in Mission Residential School, St. Mary's. And she said that, you know, Jerry, I grew up in the our language. Ool means original. Mewch is a part of the earth we're from. Just, I spoke the language from where I'm from. So she sees a nanenklahwa. Boom, boom. And I pictured my mother as a six-year-old being slapped for speaking her language. And that was bad, but she kept talking. And she says, Jerry, if we continue to speak the language, they'd throw rice on the floor, uncooked rice, and make us kneel on it and hold Bibles up. And our hands lowered, they'd strap us. And I'm looking at my mom, and my mind is, you know, how could this be? And she says, there are girls that just refuse to stop speaking the language. She said they would eventually shave their head. And if they kept on, they'd stick a needle in their tongue. I say, no, no, this can't be. But it's my mother telling me. 
So at that moment, I forgave my mom and my dad for not teaching me the language. They were protecting me because I knew I'm going to go to residential school. That's why I would suggest to you, all of you in here, you start to learn a few words where you're working and it acknowledges the language that it's okay. Especially if you're Canadian. It makes it all right. It's a funny dynamic, I know, but it's part of our history. So that's why I would encourage you to learn a few words. And if you, you know, I when I go places and I learn words and I say them, people sometimes laugh at me because I, my pronunciation is not right on. But they're not being cruel to me. They just, you know, tickles them. When I first started speaking language at home, <laughs> some, of the, some of the people say, "What are you trying to say?" <laughs> because my pronunciation was way off, because there's lots of <sighs> kinds of sounds in Stetlium. You know. But you encourage people. You tell them you can learn your language one word at a time. I embraced this moment to come and speak to you, because I knew there's going to be quite a few Canadians in the room, and Uchumiucha indigenous people and Canadians. And you've been welcomed, you've been told, not so much, we're all one. All of us here are one. We're a common cause, the health of the people. So yeah, I, I, knew, I know that will work because I've seen it happen here. I was down in um, Mexico, Chichen Itza. And I had a Mayan guide telling us about these amazing stone structures, like pyramids. And he's talking to us. I said, You know Mayan language? He, oh, yeah, I'm fluent. He says, How is it here? He says, Oh, our youngsters. They're turning away from Mayan, speak Spanish. Our language started to weaken. He said, and something happened, and then all of a sudden, all of our youth want to speak Mayan. Because uh, they've seen this movie made by Mel Gibson. <laughs> and it's all in Mayan. <laughs> you know? So you can be like Mel Gibson. <laughs> learning a few words and encouraging people. Because language is healing. You know, I'm proud to say in indigenous language, we have no ways of swearing at each other. You know, we didn't do that. 
you know, the, the words I would not want to hear from my granny or some of my aunties and uncles would be hookstuit. That means Jerry thinks he's better than other people. You think you're better. And it would stop me in my tracks. Because our culture, the word culture, is a way of life. The food you eat, how you treat food, how you dress, how you speak. We did not holler at each other. It was bad manners to lose control of yourself. To stand up in public and holler at somebody and swear at them. It wasn't our way. Our language forbid it. So there's healing in the language, in all languages. But for today, we're talking about indigenous language. Like any language, there's a lot of beauty in there. There's a lot of healing. Then we move on to ceremony. You know, those are every every culture in the world has ceremony. Examples in European ceremony is weddings, graduations. Those are ceremonies, and they do them in a prescribed manner. Everybody's got ceremony. Then we, you know, if you go to church, that's a spiritual ceremony. So with the colonization process, our ceremonies all of a sudden became, I don't know how to say it other than that they were discouraged and outlawed by the government. The potlatch is a big ceremony, name giving, weddings, memorials. It's a legalization process. It's like our house of government was outlawed. Sundance, Foot Lodge were outlawed. So once our ceremonies were identified as a devil's tool in the devil's language, our people stopped performing those ceremonies. One of the ceremonies I do my best to encourage people to go back to is the afterbirth ceremony. And you as nurses can maybe hint to the young ladies that have babies why don't you think about this, or you know, suggest to them to do this ceremony? You know, on the umbilical cord, they would take it and make a special container and put it in the earth or in the water or hang it in the tree. And I asked my granny, who was a midwife, the purpose of that ceremony. She says it's to connect the baby to the earth, 
because when we're inside our mother, we're connected to our mother through the umbilical cord. And she keeps us alive. We eat what she eats. We drink what she drinks. You know, she literally breathes breathe for us because we're in the water world and they're our mom. So when the baby's born, then they take that cord and then they put it in a container connect the baby to the earth because now the earth is going to keep the baby alive. The oxygen is going to come from the earth, the medicine, the food. I believe in that ceremony. I asked my granny, what happens if we don't do that? She says, oh, there's a chance that, you know, that baby will eventually go crazy. And I think that's happening, not only for us, but for everyone. They say that mental health issues are very high with post-secondary students, students going to university and college. They suffer from anxiety and depression. At one time, we would say they're going crazy. <laughs> you know? It's a stigma to think that you're going crazy. But there's something going out of control. So I'd like to encourage you in some way at baby clinics on the reservation. And FNHA start to make videos and encourage people to do these ceremonies. They mark the baby. Then they baptize him with red earth. And they mark their feet in a special manner so they all walk good on Mother Earth. They mark their mind so their mind will be clear. All of these ceremonies had a purpose. It's my dream is that it, it comes back. The puberty rites. All of a sudden we have girls and boys becoming men and women. That ceremony would just right now there and <laughs> they'd take them and isolate them, take their food and water. Because this is serious. And the seriousness is that now they can have children. The man can father a child, the mother can have a child. So they'd alert them to that with the puberty rites and start to teach them about this tremendous responsibility of having a child. And remind them of their responsibility to teach this baby. My grandmother says that he started talking to the baby as soon as they know it's in the mum. 
talk to the baby. All positive stuff, son, she tells me. When I was young, a <laughs> foolish young man, I'd say, oh my gosh, my granny's superstitious. Talk to the baby while it's in the mom. And then I went to a clinic and I was watching a nurse had this thing about babies. And they had a video of the baby inside the mom. And someone tapped the side of the mom's tummy, that baby, and her looked. I said, oh, my granny. <laughs> Talk to the baby. All positive things. They would not let the mothers go to funerals. Anything that could be dramatic. Because the baby absorbs everything like a sponge. Just takes it in. So I'd encourage you to start to learn about these ceremonies, find out who in the community knows them. They're national treasures. You lift them up and show everybody. Because a lot of our people don't come out with these ceremonies. Because there is a stigma yet. Or just a complete understanding and ignorance about it. The grief and loss ceremonies. My first great big loss was with my dad. She had long hair, braids I could tuck into my belt. I got in love with my culture again, singing songs. And all of a sudden my dad was in a terrible accident. And my dad and I were not so much. We were one. I worship the ground he walked on. I would do anything he tells me to do. He'd wake me up in the morning with a psst. I'd get up and I'd dress up. What are we going to do? We're going to cut wood today. Okay, let's go. We were close. So when he passed, my granny knew how close I was. And she came to the house. I was sitting in the basement. She comes down and some of my family come. She says, sit down, son. And I sit down, she starts cutting my hair. She says, I want you to let your dad go. He's going to be with his relatives. She cuts my fingernails and toenails. Son, do you think of letting go? And I start weeping and I start letting go. And she ties buckskin strings around deer skin, tanned, nice and soft, and smells like smoke. She ties one around my neck, my wrists, my ankles. And she says, you don't take these off. They'll fall off by themselves. And it's to remind you, we never know when someone's going to leave us. And it also will let everybody know you're grieving. And they'll help you if they can. 
She says, now you start growing your hair again for a long life for your granny and your mom because we're still here. So every time I lose somebody close, I cut my hair. Then I pick somebody else to grow it again for. That's a ceremony. Last time I cut my hair and my mom left, I shaved my head. It was a big let go. It was a tough one. So I just didn't cut it here. I said, take it all off. And I grow it again for my brothers and my wife and my daughters and granddaughters great-granddaughters. So there's a lot of value in ceremony. And I encourage you to acknowledge it in the communities. Say, I heard these, this elder talk about your ceremonies, and I never knew the significance of them, if you didn't. <laughs> Not to be presumptuous here, you know, but... Um, you know, so I really encourage you to connect with your people. And some of them will, will, will not know a thing about it. So I, I come here today, and I got excited. I sit in a blur, I could feel my tummy getting excited because of, the, I think, the potential of all these minds in a room that something's going to happen that we're going home as indigenous people to be healthy again. 1492, the average age of a European man was 45 years of age. Meanwhile, my great-grandfather put say it was 105 when he passed. We were healthy. And we need to go back to that. And I believe ceremony is part of the answer besides the wonderful work that you do. We can add to it, we can strengthen that work that you do. You already are highly skilled and highly trained with the human body. Just think of all the schooling you've gone through. Oh my gosh. Another way to connect, and I think it's a common thing throughout the world, is music. Indigenous music, it's all about healing, uniting people, lifting people up. And of course, there's an odd war song in there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> We were like every human being on earth, you know, we had wars. You know, I grew up being scared of Chalcotans. You know. <laughs> Didn't want to go to Williams Lake to the Stampede. How come there's Chalcotans up there? Because <laughs> we did have serious wars with one another about resources. 
you know. But we buried the hatchet. They had actually had a ceremony. I went to Williams Lake for the child and family services up there and had my back to the wall. And the one that hired me, because all these Chilcotans come in, said, Jerry, what's the matter? I said, well, I'm afraid of Chilcotans, I'll be honest with you. And they said, Jerry, some of your people came up from your community and we had to bury the hatchet ceremony. We're never going to fight each other again. And I said, I didn't see it. <laughs> but I got out and I mingled. That ceremony worked. We're not Samad with the Chilkotan. <laughs> you know? So music has been my, one of my principal healers. If I get the blues, I'll sing a song. But when I celebrate, I'll sing a song. You know, <laughs> I got grieving, songs for grieving. You know, and we have a grieving song. Grieve is a French word, means you're carrying a heavy load. So we have a song that we sing, and it helps people to weep and to start to let go and to heal. We have music for a birthday. Did I hear a ding ding? <laughs> At least we know somebody loves you. <laughs> In it, <laughs> or my people would say winch. That means, isn't it? <laughs> Did you know there's a note in music for every organ of our body that'll help heal, will stimulate that organ to so it'll start to heal. My people knew that. And I got, and I, of course, you know, I'm a human being. I have my doubts at times, so I Googled it, you know, <laughs> music and healing. So Miss Google, you guys know Google's a woman? <laughs> she sends me the message, yes, it's scientific now. They hook people up to machines and something that proves that the organs, like the heart, there's a note that will help it. I, you know, I just love that Miss Google. I was driving in Winnipeg, and I was lost. It's on my phone. Google Maps. Miss Google says, go to Portage and turn right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Music to my ears. So I encourage you to start to, if you have clinics in the, in the community or, you know, if you have a chance to do things with the community, get yourself a little playlist of indigenous music, healing music. 
Because, you know, we all fall into this addictive music, like feel sorry for yourself music. <laughs> you know, because a lot of the country and western music, northern <laughs> music is a lot yeah, did you guys ever hear that song? I want to know what love is. You know? I remember I was going through a, I was going through a really bad time in my relationship, and I'd turn that music on through over and over. I want to know what love is. You know? That can be addictive. You know, like I, I grew up 14 years being a drinking man. So I go to beer parlors and stuff like that. Jukebox, and you play that music, one of them tears in my beer. <laughs> so I guess there's a purpose for that music, but I, but I encourage you to stay away from it. A lot of that music's about codependence. You know what codependence is, right? It's you're manipulating people to make you feel good. It's not good to manipulate people, to love you, or to make you feel good. It's not healthy. So indigenous music, I believe, is about uplifting, about healing, about uniting, about not samat, becoming one. That's what indigenous music is. I get in arguments sometimes with my nephews. They're listening to hip-hop and rap. What do you think about that, uncle? Well, I think that's rap crap myself. <laughs> you know? I said, I don't appreciate it because they're swearing in there and they're calling women bitches and hoes and stuff. And I says, you know, I don't like that. And sometimes I feel all alone with that sentiment. I don't want my granddaughters to hear that. What they do, they turn it on. And uh, so I encourage you to download some indigenous music. Like there's some that's they use instruments like um, Sacred Spirit. I love listening to Sacred Spirit because they use language and they use um, instruments too. And they got three albums out called Sacred Spirit. And it's good music. That song that you listened to this morning by Dan George. Oh, I listened to that. I started to heal. I sang that with his son Bob George many times. And he'd want me to sing so we can keep talking. I can feel myself healing when I heard that. You know, so music is a powerful healer. How much time have I got left? I got sort of got carried away last time. Ten minutes, good. Okay, and I count to three. I want everybody in the room to say, Jerry.
I have a voice. <laughs> Do you understand that? Be noisy listener like indigenous people and say, Do you understand that? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> One, two, three. Okay, now let's put some passion and love in there for, for Jerry. He's turning 71 and his knees ache sometimes, you know. I can't eat as much as I used to, you know. So let's lay some healing on Jerry and I count to one, two, three. Let me know you have a voice. One, two, three. Jerry, I have a voice. Oh, it's music to my ears. <laughs> okay, I want you now to to join me in ceremony of music. And I want you to lay down your inhibitions and fears and be yourself and to understand that Jerry doesn't care if you sing out a note, off key, or just totally away from us all. It doesn't matter to me. I'll be like my elders. They were happy that I even stepped out to do it. Oh, they'd laugh. Unhappiness that I start to sing. And eventually I start to dance. Oh, they were really happy then. Then I'd sing and people would ask me to go sing a song. My uncles would say, melt your bones, nephew. Melt their bones. So if I have public performance, I practice four days the same song over and over again because I want to melt their bones, help them to heal. Take a deep breath. Let it go. This is the most expensive, most convenient stress buster that I know of. Deep breathing. Take a deep breath. This time I want you to fill you up right from your belly button up to the top of your lungs so your shoulders actually go up. Take a deep breath. Let it go. Now we're going to do the indigenous version of going because um, <laughs> we had it just like everybody else. Okay? So, so you're going to go, hey Take a breath. hey You fake it till you make it, okay? Take a deep breath. Hey yo, you follow Jerry's lips. You know opera singers. I love listening to opera. To Carmen is one of my favorite operas. But I watch the singers and they separate their lips from their teeth and they're just—it's <laughs> just so beautiful. So I want you to pretend you're one of those singers, okay? So you push it out from your tummy. Take a breath. Hey oh hold that note at the end. Take a breath. Hey oh 
see some of you aren't doing it. I don't know if there's, um, <laughs> there's people that I know in the world say, I can't sing. I say, baloney. You might not sound like Nora Jones or, you know, or whoever, but you can sing. You can make noise. And you told me you have a voice. So I want you to use it. Take a breath. Hey, yo. a whole chant. So here we go. Take it from the top. Take a breath. <laughs> hey oh, hey oh, 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 hey oh, hey oh, oh. Take a breath. Hey oh, hey oh, 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 hey. Okay, I want to see you. everybody go like this with their shoulders now. Relax your shoulders and do a few neck rolls. I don't want you to be a robot in this world, okay? It's no fun being a robot, so just loosen up and enjoy this. Take a breath. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Let's do it for all the little baby girls been born right today. Hey yo, hey yo, oh, hey yo, oh, hey yo. All those little boys coming out fighting and screaming. Let's sing for them. Take a breath. Hey yo, hey yo, oh, hey yo, hey yo. Let's sing so all those children don't have to ever deal with addictions, man. Take a breath. Hey, oh, oh, hey, oh, 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 hey, oh, hey, oh, oh, hey, oh, oh, hey, oh, 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 hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, Now my favorite, let's do one for those Vancouver Canucks to win the Stanley Cup this year. Now let's do it for FNHA, the very first indigenous health authority in, the, in this country. And I'm so proud of that and I'm so in love with that. And we have growing pains, I know it. We have politics. But what I have today is a room full of nurses and compassionate people. Take a breath. Hey, oh, oh, hey, oh, oh, hey, oh, hey. 
<laughs> I closed my eyes there for a while and I thought I was in heaven listening to angels. Oh, it's so beautiful. I thank you for um, participating with me. I know I got a bit heavy there at times and talking about reality. But one of my teachers, his name is Clewis Steakin. He says, Jerry, you cannot say goodbye to your problems until you say hello to them. So we need to go to these dark places sometimes. And I wanted to leave that message with you. Learn a few words. If you have a chance to go to a ceremony, go. Go and sit and be part of it. You don't have to say anything. Be part of the people you work for. When I go to the island or anywhere in this country, I go to their ceremony and I sit quietly and I absorb the healing because all ceremonies about healing. So I encourage you to do that with music, with ceremony and language. It's not your responsibility to do it all, just to acknowledge it, lift it up and say, hey, that's worth it. That's beautiful, sounds beautiful. I worked for Residential School Survivor Society for 14 years. And I would give thanksgiving for the residential school survivors because they were providing me with work. The word job is an old English word, means to have a mouth full of food. So as nurses, you can buy family, your family food and fill their mouth because of your patients and clients. They feed you. They nourish you, even with their illness. So I just want to thank you again for answering the call to help those that are suffering. I know I'm with compassionate people. Compassionate means a willing participant with those that are suffering. You signed up to be in medicine. That makes you compassionate. You're a willing participant. You signed up for this. So I just encourage you to take care of yourself. Continue doing the work that you do. And always work at being one with the people. In your office, in the organization, in the indigenous community, work at being one. Inclusive. That's, that's real connectivity. When you sit down and have a cup of tea with someone, share a story, that's connecting, that's caring. So I just want to thank you. Again, I could stand here all day and thank you, and I know I, they won't let me do that. On <laughs> <laughs> the Sunday, I'm going to have a ceremony. I ceremony every Sunday. Get up at 4 o'clock, make my fire. Go in there. They say every sweat lodge is connected to all the sweat lodges in the country, on the continent. And they all join together. And they're all about healing. So I go in there and I thank 
in our language and colors, that means a place to go look at yourself. People would say it's a sweat lodge. No, it's in Kalza, a place to look at yourself, to heal yourself, to help yourself, so you'd be good for your family. So I just want to let you know, whether you like it or not, you can be part of a pagan ceremony this Sunday, because <laughs> I'm going to be sending you energy through the sweat lodge. And of course, you can reject it, go something like this, maybe, or... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I better sit down or like my uncle, my late uncle says, Jerry, you got to know when to shut up. <laughs> Otherwise, you might wreck a few good words, you said. So I just want to thank you and I wish you the best, you know, and take, take advantage of the retail therapy of your from an isolated community, you know, and have fun in uh, Coast Salish territory. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.